The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful you're joining me today. I want to begin by reminding you that you are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. That's because you are spreading the word. Thank you for listening and for continuing to tell your friends, relatives, and colleagues. And a special note of gratitude goes this week to our listeners around the world in Nigeria, Switzerland, and Spain, and in the states of Wyoming, Montana, and Oregon. Welcome and thank you for your continuing support because you keep tuning in and listening Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is ranked as a top show, and I'm a top-ranked radio show host on Voice America World Talk Radio, the oldest and most widely listened to talk radio network. Thank you for listening and for making this show's success possible. As I promised at the beginning of every show, at least through September, I'm going to lead you through three exercises that we can all do to help stop or lessen the severity and frequency of the natural disasters that have been plaguing the earth. I'm doing them at the beginning of each show so you can find them easily and do them with me every day or at the very least every week. The wonderful thing about it is that as you help Mother Earth to clear the negative energy, you will also be clearing yourself of fears and other negative energies that are harmful to you and blocking your happiness. So please spread the word for yourself, your families, your local communities, our global community, and the Earth itself. For more information on this topic, listen to our May 28th on-demand show with Dwan Washington by going to my website, paulajoyce.com. I know that you are responding to this information because that show was one of the most listened to shows in the last few weeks. Thank you for listening and continuing to tell other people. Here are the three techniques to help clear yourself and the earth of fear. Please do them with me. The first one is an affirmation. 
I am love as I am loved. You are love as you are loved. All is love as all is loved. The second one is a visualization. If you have trouble visualizing, then just listen to the words. Close your eyes and see a beautiful pink heart full of love shining pink light down on you. See and feel the pink light going through your body, down to your feet, and into the ground where the pink light is filling and healing all of the fault lines in the earth, the oceans, the floodplains, the volcanoes, the winds, and the atmosphere. The last technique is a chant. First, I'm going to say it, and then you can chant it with me. Om, ah, ha, ah, om, um, um. Om, ah, ha, ah, om, ah. Know that as you do these three techniques, you are helping to fill yourself and the earth with pink healing energy, which is balancing all the energies and helping to create calm and peace within yourself and the earth. These techniques are particularly helpful for anyone who has been abused or is self-abusing because they experience more fear than most people. Please share these techniques widely. I feel so strongly about the importance of helping to clear ourselves and the earth of fear that I created another workshop, Walk the Labyrinth, a Sacred Experience, to help you continue this process. The Labyrinth is a walking meditation, a path of prayer, and an archetypal blueprint where psyche meets spirit. It dates back to Crete where it was found drawn on cave walls. There was even one on the floor of King Solomon's temple. Unlike a maze where you lose your way, the labyrinth is a spiritual tool that helps you find your way. The sacred geometry built into the labyrinth does the work for you. It allows you to release what no longer serves you well, connect with the divine, and change with more ease. Through this experience, you will learn about the labyrinth, walk it, and integrate what you gained. Release fears, stress, and worry. Quiet your busy mind. Hear the divine and your limitless higher self. Find your own answers. Open your heart to receiving. Improve your health and well-being. Create more peace, joy, and happiness and become more of who you truly are. We will walk the labyrinth Friday, August 7th from 7.30 to 9 p.m. at the Episcopal Church of the Transfiguration in Dallas, Texas, which happens to be the first labyrinth built in the United States and the one that I walked every week for many years. 
You can learn more about The Labyrinth by listening to our second on-demand show with the Reverend Dr. Lauren Artris, who brought The Labyrinth into wide use around the world. I participated in two labyrinth retreats with her, including one in France at Char Cathedral, and I am excited to share this beautiful spiritual tool with you. I was grateful to have her on our show last year on March 27th. Go to my website, paulajoyce.com, to listen to that show, then read my blog on The Labyrinth, and then register for the workshop. You'll be grateful you did. Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter, and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives, and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field, like our guest today, Sarah Joy Marsh, who will talk with us about healing from eating disorders and disordered eating with yoga. Last week, we had a great conversation with Barbara Dossie, who talked with us about the valuable help integrative nurse coaches are now bringing to people in need of improving their health. If you missed the show or any of our other ones, please visit my website, paulajoyce.com, and click on radio show at the top of the navigation. And I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners. I like your feedback, and you're becoming part of the conversation. You can do so by calling 1-866-472-5795 during the show or emailing drpaulajoyce at gmail.com now or between shows. And be sure to get a pencil and paper now because you're going to need it for our question of the day. And speaking of feedback, I did get a sweet thank you note from one of the people who attended my workshop last week. She wrote, lovely to meet you, lovely to be in the class, lovely information you shared. Thank you. Love, light, and blessings, CC. She had already thanked me after the workshop and even stopped to give me a hug, as others did as well. To then get a thank you note the next morning put a smile on my face. I always prepare with the goal of bringing the best experience possible to my participants. And it makes me feel good when someone is so appreciative that they take time out of their busy schedule to write a note. 
The name of that workshop was From Fear to Freedom. And synchronistically, I had two experiences earlier in the week that showed me my own growth in this area. In the first one, I was driving on the highway when a car started moving into my lane. I knew we were going to collide. Before I could even think, I found myself blasting my horn. I kept my hand on the horn longer than I needed to because it was my way of yelling at that driver. After realizing that I was out of danger, I took a deep breath as we talk about on this show, and I stopped my thoughts, which were sending the energy of blame and anger at that driver, because I didn't want that negative energy hanging out there. I did what I always do in a situation like this. As Carolyn May suggested, I said in my mind to the driver, I wish you no harm. I take my spirit back. God bless you. As I calmed down, I realized that under the blame and anger was the fear of being injured or possibly killed. I quickly thanked my guides and angels for protecting me, and then I took another deep breath, this time of blue light to release the fear, blame, and anger from my body. My silver lining was that I realized how fast I responded to the threat and how quickly I recovered because I was in the present moment. I was responding, not reacting. I was not back in my father's house where I would freeze because any action on my part was always the wrong action and would result in my being hurt emotionally or psychologically. This was an experience that allowed me to see how much I've grown and healed. Now I can be in the present moment and respond with a positive outcome that caused no physical harm to anyone. I could quickly and easily feel the fear and then let it go. When I tell this story, it is not about the other driver because in truth, we've all made driving errors. I have been that driver who didn't see the car in my blind spot. Unless he wanted to kill himself, he did not intentionally put us both in danger. And as I think about it now, who was I really angry with? Him, previous drivers who did hit me, or me for all the times that I was him? Or was it all of these? With that awareness, next time, and there will be a next time, hopefully I'll just send an appropriate warning to the driver rather than blasting my horn, because now I have compassion for myself and all of those who unintentionally put someone else in danger on the road or elsewhere. When I tell this story, it's about my healing and a strong sense of gratitude for being safe and for having grown so much. The second experience was a computer story. Technology is not my strong suit, and I often find myself getting frustrated with the people who are trying to help me because I'm having difficulty understanding what they're telling me to do. It's almost like the universe is going to continue to give me these challenges until I master my frustration and stop blaming them. I made a huge step in that direction this week when I was working on the phone with the help desk. For the first time, I became aware of a sensation in my stomach. 
as I focused on it, I felt the physical indication of frustration welling up inside me. Then I also became aware of how depleted of energy I was. I hadn't eaten lunch and I was out of resources physically, mentally, and emotionally. I knew I had to stop unless I wanted the experience to get out of hand. So I thanked him for his help and told him I'd have to call back to finish the work. I felt blessed with the silver lining of my growth in recognizing and stopping the interaction at the first sign of frustration. Do I still wish I could manage technology with more ease? Well, yeah, and with no new and with my new awareness, I can begin creating less negative experience experiences and that hopefully will lead to positive ones stay tuned i'm in process and will continue to share my growth and progress with you just like i can now be more in the present moment with my emotions i can also be in the present moment with my eating when shopping i no longer even think about buying sweets i truly prefer the taste of healthy food and the way it makes me feel afterwards I have changed many lifelong food choices and replaced them with food that is more satisfying and energizing. I like getting my sweet fix with intense dark chocolate, which is healthy and tasty. I've learned to listen to my body, to be connected to it, and feed it with needs and desires, even if it doesn't fit the current notion of how many servings of whatever is believed to be necessary each day. The supposed experts keep changing their minds, and more importantly, they don't know my body. I read a great study a number of years ago that concluded that when young children are allowed to freely choose what they want to eat over the course of a week, they will eat a healthy and balanced diet. That made a lot of sense to me and led me to start paying attention to when I felt hungry and then what I felt like eating in that moment on that day. Sometimes I need more protein and other times more fruit or vegetables. This method has created an excitement and joy in eating. It's no longer a trauma for me to be faced with food decisions. And this shift began when I started practicing yoga and getting to know my body, which leads me to introducing our guest, Sarah Joy Marsh, a yoga therapist and educator with a master's degree in counseling. She's a vibrant, compassionate catalyst for transformation to those who suffer from addictions, especially eating disorders. Her teachings are informed by personal life events, including serious injury from a car accident, resulting in a hip replacement at age 42, and early life struggles with food addiction. In her new book, Hunger, Hope, and Healing, a yoga approach to reclaiming your relationship to your body and food. Sarah Joy fuses yoga with psychology, neuroscience, breathing interventions, and mindful techniques to bring readers with disordered eating and body image issues a practical and accessible guide to recovery. For more information, visit sarahjoyyoga.com. You're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, and I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. 
During our break, go to paulajoyce.com, first click on register now to read about and register for my new workshop, Walk the Labyrinth, a Sacred Experience. Then click on calendar of events to see your question for today. Before the second break and at the end of the show, I'll give you something else to do with your question. When you email me, you will have an opportunity for me to read your email on the show. So right now, go to Paula joyce.com go to calendar of events answer the question of the day on your own paper then register for my workshop stay tuned we'll be right back with sarah joy marsh who will talk with us about healing eating disorders and disordered eating with yoga The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too, while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the life doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit paulajoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the life doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com today. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I hope you made a list of what it is about your body and or your eating that you would like to change because we're here with Sarah Joy Marsh to talk about our relationship to your body and food and how yoga, mindfulness, breathing techniques and her own particular way of helping others can help you heal these difficulties and challenges. Sarah Joy, welcome. I'm so pleased to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here this morning. Great. Thank you. Would you please begin by sharing with our audience your own story and why this topic is of such great importance to you? 
I will, yeah. I'm happy to share my story. I, I hope it's inspiring to people who might be suffering or wondering if they can get out of a particular cycle of self-harm. My early life had its own uh, chaoses and um, neglect, and I didn't learn life skills when I needed them. So I started using food and restriction of food, exercise and compulsive exercise, binging and starving to try to navigate my emotions, my life, my responsibilities. I was a highly competent kid. I'm uh, intelligent in a way that I can navigate school and look like a good student. I was also a high-achieving athlete. So what I was struggling with was really going unnoticed, and even to the point when my twin sister and I were both exhibiting anorexic behaviors, that went unnoticed, that we were profoundly underweight. So I... I was feeling isolated, uh, anxious, despairing, confused, overwhelmed, and fundamentally unseen, unless I was achieving, performing according to somebody else's standards in school or athletics. And that was a pretty painful way to live. When I left my family of origin to go off to college, I moved to a city that was way too big for my capacity to navigate, and my behaviors escalated. That made me feel even more lonely because the world around me was moving pretty fast, and it seemed like it had itself together, and the story I had about myself was that I didn't. I didn't know where to reach out to for help, and when I finally did make a couple efforts to reach out for help, I felt overwhelmed by the medical advice I was being given. I couldn't follow the conversation the doctor was trying to have with me. One intervention, I went to the emergency room to ask for help, and I was assigned a social worker who I also couldn't understand what she was talking about. Uh, From my perspective, I had an issue with food. Of course, in hindsight, I can see I had a lot of issues underneath that, and food was my symptom. My body-centered self-hatred was a symptom. Even the anxiety was a symptom, in a way. Um, But the help I was seeking, I couldn't get. Uh, Not that it wasn't being offered in ways that could have been helpful, but I couldn't take it in. I didn't have the ear for it. I didn't have the mind or heart for it. I didn't know what questions to ask or what to do. So there was a a kind of catalyst in my life, and I I wouldn't have known it at the time until I got to the, the top of this particular mountain. I went on a backpacking trip by myself looking for some solace, some peace of mind. I left the city of Boston in a rental car with a backpack that I had borrowed, and I packed my backpack with way too many things to to um, occupy my time, like books, watercolors, watercolor paint. Um, <laughs> it was too heavy to carry. And when I went to the backpacking um, trailhead where I had determined I was going to go into the woods for five days, I put the backpack on, and it was so heavy I almost fell over backwards. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, so I kept to my standards because I said earlier I was a high achiever. I hiked to the top of this mountain carrying a backpack that was way too heavy for me, actually a burden to get to the top of the mountain. And when I got there, I laid the backpack down, and I was exhausted, really physically spent, and mentally uh, fatigued. I didn't know what was next. But I was at the top of this mountain where you can look about and see beyond the tree line in 360 degrees. This is in um, the White Mountains of New Hampshire. And I was astounded at the amount of beauty and ease that was available to me at the top of this mountain. 
I had set the backpack down and I started moving my body to stretch the physical aches and pains that I had accumulated on the hike up to the top of the mountain. And that stretching turned out to feel like relief and soothing. I experienced an unusual sense of intimacy with and appreciation for my body. Prior to that, my body had been an athletic performance, and like I said, I excelled at that. But it wasn't something that I appreciated or felt intimate with or that I understood how it worked or what its cravings or needs were. So when I started doing this stretching thing at the top of the mountain, I actually experienced moments of like lucid kindness towards myself. I could not have explained that to somebody had they asked me, but I felt it very palpably. I had planned five days for this backpacking trip, and I was out there for five days across the, the ridge of the mountains and the, the expanse in both directions, left to right and front to back, was available as I kept hiking, and it was profoundly relieving to my mind, and I continued to stretch each day on my trip, and when I got home, I continued that same practice, and it turns out that what I was doing is called yoga. This was in 1989, 1990, so yoga wasn't that well known, and I couldn't find a yoga class to go to. I just practiced whatever stretching things I thought felt good, and I did it first thing in the morning from that day forward, and it literally transformed and saved my life. Wow. Wow. And so it was through really noticing and feeling and honoring your body that you began to heal. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and that was such an unusual concept for me at the time because my body had been a vehicle to perform and also to carry around my brain, which was also performing high-level mathematics and you know straight A's in high school and so on. But I, I actually had left... When I graduated from high school, I left a path of engineering. I got a full math scholarship to go off to an engineering college, and I left that path to go to art school. So I think the combination of sort of walking away from a life that was predetermined to be an engineer and hiking up a mountain and at the same time discovering stretching and moving deeper into my art practice, those things accumulated at once to make a catalyst in my life that I had to say yes to because I was in so much pain otherwise. So, you know, I, I have a couple thoughts. One is that what you're really describing, too, is your shift from a left brain, from a logical mind way of living to not leaving that totally, but now paying more attention to the right brain, to the creativity with art and to the um, intuitive sense of your body and its needs. So you, you were really expanding and connecting, I think, your right and left brain, your logical and unconscious creative minds. Yeah, in fact, in my book, Hunger, Hope, and Healing, I talk about this need to have part of our recovery from addiction or even from fear, anxiety, even PTSD. We want to have this sort of left mode, left brain idea that if I get the structure figured out, if I have a template, if I, if I know what I'm supposed to do and when I'm supposed to do it, I'm going to get better. But we also need a right mode processing that connects us back to awe and creativity and intuition. 
And the right brain does not want to be boxed in forever to a structure that the left brain predetermines is going to be how we live. And the left brain is a little anxious about the right brain being too open-ended and interested in awe and creativity. But together, those two modes that we can have as a human, when we weave them together, it's really profoundly healing. We get the best of both aspects of our capacity as a human. And and I think awe was what you were describing when you were at the top of that mountain and could see and connect with the beauty of nature, the ease, the relaxation um, within yourself and and within the beauty and and ease of nature. Yeah, in fact, in in the work that I do with women, and I've been now working with women for 15 years, I also work with men and uh, as well as some adolescents and family systems. But the work I do to overcome eating disorder patterns or disordered eating or body-centered self-hatred, one of the tools I use consistently is called coming back to awe. It's a remedy for overcoming self-hatred, the kind of condescension or internalized shame that tells us there's something wrong with us fundamentally it's irreparable. We've been broken for a long time, and we're not going to get better. That attitude really reflects a shame-based way of seeing ourselves, and the, the practices of coming back to awe actually start with really simple things like acknowledging that your fingernails are growing themselves right now, and so are your eyelashes. You didn't have to think about it when you woke up this morning, and we don't have to think about it now. We can just be witness to it as well. The body intelligence underneath all of this mental mayhem, our body intelligence is really profoundly capable of caring for us, except that we keep distorting it. And a, a lot of that distortion comes from the media and, you know, the diet industry telling us what to eat, how to eat. And if you look historically at the diet industry, it keeps changing its mind about what's best protocol. Fortunately, new science comes out and more clear voices are coming into the community, too. But look at the ways in which we've distorted our ability to know and to trust that body intelligence. And then start looking at how yoga wakes up that body intelligence, and we, each of us can get ourselves back on track with what our bodies most innately know how to do, which is create health and vibrancy. We have to partner with that intelligence and take good care of it rather than diminishing, um, being demanding, or pressuring it. We want to partner with it, and yoga does that very well. How, how beautiful. Um, I, I love what you're saying, and, and somehow it, it triggered, I, I guess because of the way you were talking about our um, discontent with our body, when you and I had our first conversation, you said something that really jolted me and it was about how wanting a flat stomach was disrespectful to ourselves. Will you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. In fact, similar to the diet industry, the the media industry and the messages that we've gotten as women as well as as men, but this particular message that women ought to have a flat stomach is, in my opinion, profoundly disrespectful. Because to have a flat stomach, you actually have to hold in your abdomen more often than not. And causing that kind of tension in the abdomen prevents your diaphragm from breathing you in its most natural and capable way. And having that abdominal tension coupled with not being able to breathe 
properly, your brain will start to feel anxious. And then once it gets anxious, the right brain is the seat for anxiety. The left brain is going to start telling you the story about why you're anxious. And most often it comes to decide we're anxious because there's something wrong with us. So just starting with the idea I have to have a flat stomach causes belly tension, causes improper breathing. Now we're also being uh, sort of dishonest with ourselves about what the shape of the body actually is. Now the brain's anxious. Now we tell ourselves there's something wrong with me, and if I could just change my body composition, I might become more acceptable. And if I'm acceptable, I'll feel less anxious. But if I can't breathe well, if I'm not actually allowing my body to breathe and nourish me, I can't feel well. So the concept that we're going to be acceptable is very alluring. But the felt sense of being radically accepting of oneself actually can't occur while we're not breathing well. (laughs) It's a kind of... um, like the snake eating its own tail, you can get caught in that quandary, and it's ever elusive that you're going to feel acceptable to yourself. So yoga does that through really going into the body, breathing, nourishing, soothing, understanding, respecting, and appreciating the body. Well, and it's interesting, as you were talking, I was thinking that we've get, gotten rid of girdles from my era when I was young. Man, in the seventh grade, my mother put me in, into a girdle. I was <laughs> a pre-adolescent or adolescent, whatever. It, it, I was just so young and yeah. already constricting my body. And yet we're so proud of ourselves that we don't do that to women anymore. And yet we have spanks. which do the exact same thing and constrict our breathing and our ability to move. And it's a psychological component, too, I think, as you're talking about the shame about the body and that there's some sort of perfectionist standard, but it's also constricting, physically constricts our freedom of movement and I think the parallel is, is the freedom of thought, freedom of action, freedom to be who we are as opposed to something that others are trying to make us and that we think we have to be to be loved, accepted, and to go back to your word, seen. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's, there's so much more to the something that seems small and really it's it's huge um so we are actually at at a point of um a break now so i think this is a good time um to pause our conversation sarah joy and to come back to talk more about maybe some of the mindfulness and breathing techniques um and ways that people can leave the show with some techniques that would actually help them. Wonderful. Sounds good. Good. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, go to my website, paulajoyce.com, Come and sign up for my newsletter. You'll receive the free chapter on my ultimate creative problem-solving process from my best-selling book. And actually, as we're talking about here, it's also a process that allows you to connect your right and left brain and to release hidden barriers 
to your success and happiness. You will also get, by signing up for my newsletter, advance notice about every show episode and the on-demand show sent directly to you. Now in your paper, write down how yoga could help you heal your relationship to food and or your body. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Sarah Joy Marsh to talk more about this very topic. Be the change. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective from leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission. Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I hope that you wrote down how yoga can help you. And I'm pleased that Sarah Joy Marsh is here with us talking about the importance of yoga, breath, and mindfulness to heal, actually heal eating disorders and disordered eating. Thank you for sharing your own story and so much wisdom and information. Can can we talk a little bit now about some of the breathing and mindfulness techniques that can help people to shift from wherever they are now to a healthier relationship to their body and eating? Yeah, certainly. In fact, it might be helpful to discuss and actually do a breathing practice. We'll do it briefly uh, so that people can have a tool to walk away from the show with. And let me just say for a few moments, why is breathing so effective? Because the body's programmed for the diaphragm and the brain to sort of co-communicate. When the diaphragm is breathing us well, 
it's helpful to the brain to hear the message that we can move towards the parasympathetic nervous system. Now, in each breath cycle, during the inhale, your body actually promotes the sympathetic nervous system. That's your fight-or-flight nervous system. In each exhale, your body promotes the parasympathetic nervous system. That's your relaxation response nervous system. But most of us have forgotten how to exhale. We tend to be breath holders or chest breathers or frozen breathers, so we're not making use of this really essential medicine that's already in the body. So if we lengthen the exhale more often, a little longer than the inhale, maybe just two paces longer than the inhale, mathematically your body ends up promoting the parasympathetic nervous system in greater degree than your sympathetic nervous system. And that means you get more grounded, feel more relaxed, and you're less easily triggered by your own anxiety. If we stay in the sympathetic nervous system, we're going to be more triggerable, more uh, anxious, more upsettable. So let's do this breathing practice where we're going to be inhaling through the nose, and then we'll exhale through the mouth as if your mouth were shaped like a straw. Making the straw shape with the lips slows down the pace of the exhale, and that will help to make it longer than your inhale. So people could sit comfortably resting the hands in the lap or where they're most comfortable. It's okay to close the eyes or keep them open but quietly cast down. And we'll take a nice deep inhale through the nose. And then shape the lips to make like a straw shape and exhale really slowly out the mouth using the belly to help produce the exhale as if you were blowing the exhale breath through a straw. This should be a little longer than your inhale breath. And we're going to repeat that. We'll inhale through the nose. And then exhale through the straw shape of the mouth, keeping the exhale slow and smooth and using the strength of the lowest part of the belly to support the exhale to be more complete. Then inhale through the nose one more time. And with the exhale, last one, go slow to the end of the exhale through the straw shape of the lips. You might even be able to count that the exhale is actually two paces longer than the inhale. When you get to the end of that exhale, relax your breathing and your mind. Try to relax the belly also. In fact, you might put one hand on the lower belly and see if the next couple breath cycles might be more belly-centered and less chest-centered. Our human body is programmed to use the chest to breathe if we actually have to face an emergency requiring us to fight or to flee, but we're programmed to belly breathe otherwise, to be in our center of gravity, to be in the hips and the pelvis and a place where we can feel more grounded. So normal breathing, average breathing, uh, belly breathing, diaphragmatic breathing happens below the belly button. So, So most of us breathe through our chest, which means that we're always in that fight or flight mode, which is why... As you were describing, we tend to trigger um, negative emotional responses faster and more easily because we're in that fight or flight as opposed to if we learn to breathe through our belly, as you're describing, we can be more relaxed and present and calm. You literally slow down your nervous system and when you're In the parasympathetic nervous system, your digestion improves, your endocrine system works better, and your immune system gets stronger. 
So think about digesting food as well as life events. We have an event in life. We want to digest it mentally, psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Digestion means we take in what's useful and what inspires and helps us to learn. We metabolize that and we eliminate what's not useful. So healthy digestion is beyond just food in my experience. It's also all the other aspects of life. And the endocrine system, when that's working well, we tend to feel more creative, more spontaneous, more sensual, more connected to nature because it connects us to the hormonal um, platform in which we experience ourselves as part of nature, not a visitor, but actually an expression of nature. And when our immune system works well, we have a better sense of our resilience physically, but also psychologically that sense of the buffer between an action, an event, a stimulus, and our ability to respond rather than getting flooded or triggered or reacting impulsively. So somebody might use this um, before they sit down to dinner or when something upset them and their initial thought is, let me go to the candy machine. Right. Um, they might interject in the middle this breathing to see what better responses they can have. Right. And if you do this before eating a meal, for example, and you feel more grounded upon eating the meal, you'll probably feel what your hunger and satiation levels actually are. So sometimes people need to do a breathing practice every five or six bites with their food rather than just three breaths before you eat and then hoping it goes well. In the beginning of my recovery, I had to be a lot more frequent with my breathing interventions and my mindfulness interventions. I had to be a lot closer to home, I like to say, like really stay connected to my body to make wise choices. Now I have more freedom and capacity, and I I don't have any foods that I'm afraid of. I don't have any particular diet scheme that I'm following. My body intelligence really speaks to me quite clearly, and I can respond But using the tools more often in the beginning will help get somebody into more clear waters for their recovery, much like getting away from the shore requires a little boost sometimes, and then you can experience yourself as more um, free sailing, as it were. And and what would be a mindfulness technique that that you use that someone else, uh, that the listeners could use as well? Yeah, well, let's do this one. We we tend to, in yoga therapy, we look at some people need to be down-regulated. That means bring them towards a sense of grounding and stability. And some of us need to be up-regulated, a little less depressive or isolated, more connected to the larger experience of life. So we'll do this breathing, this uh, mindfulness practice, excuse me, that's for up-regulating, for re-inspiring or reconnecting you to the sense of life at large. So listeners and you and I can just take a comfortable seat again and let's close the eyes if that's comfortable or again look down so the eyes won't be a distraction. And bring your attention, your mental focus to the sounds that are happening in your immediate environment. Listen to those sounds as they're actually occurring in the tangible here and now. But listen without judging them or telling a story about the sounds. Listeners will even, of course, hear the sound of my voice. But notice the act of listening to what life is doing right now in your personal environment, as well as the big space in which all of the sounds we hear are occurring. 
like a backdrop of immense silence or peace behind the small sounds, the large sounds, Listening to what's actually occurring in the here and now gives our senses a place to be connected, to be anchored. When we listen without judgment or narrative or story, we can listen to each sound very freshly without grasping for one sound to last or another sound to go away. We also hear again that backdrop of immense space in which sound is moving, in which life is occurring. And we are reminded that sound and our own thoughts and sensations all come and go in a much bigger sphere and need not be impulsively reacted to. It can be considered just like sound is being considered right now. When we realize that our minds and brains are able to hear sound without getting caught up in sound, we can translate that to noticing our emotions, our thoughts, feelings in the body, sensations during a yoga class. And that essentially builds our, our relationship to experiences rather than our reactivity to experiences. So this we call listening to sound and the big space in which sound is happening. And that big space... For those of us who tend to get depressed or feel isolated or really alone in our pain and suffering, that big space can be a reminder that countless other humans exist right now, and many of them are experiencing loss or pain like we are. So we're actually fundamentally not alone, and we can feel more hopeful about finding our way out. And that is a beautiful place for us to say thank you so much for sharing yourself and your journey, and giving us helpful information. And I highly recommend Sarah Joy's book, which you can find on my website, or I'm sure her website, or Amazon.com. Thank you so much, Sarah Joy, for joining us. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. It's a joy to be here. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. You too. Thank you, and I'd like to thank my listeners for joining us for Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please like us on Facebook by going to my website, paulajoyce.com. While you're there, browse my resources page to purchase the books and also learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, energy healing, past life regressions, or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops in your area, such as overcoming abuse through self-empowerment, 21 Steps for Healing the Body, Energetic Healing, the OM Awakening, and the Ultimate Creative Problem Solving Process. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm, literally thousands of angels and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and directly with my clients. While you're on my website, go to register now and register for my new workshop. Then go to calendar of events, click here and send me an email with your commitment to yourself. 
Next Thursday, please join us when Sandra Ingerman will return, this time to talk with us about her new book, Speaking with Nature, Awakening to the Deep Wisdom of the Earth. Especially now, this information is so very important. This is Dr. Polly, your CM or chosen mom, as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have a positive week.